Hey, it's Thomas Frank. I've just got a quick note for you before we get into the show. If you've been enjoying the Inforium or my videos over on YouTube, then you, my friend, should get Nebula. On Nebula, you get ad-free versions of both this podcast and my videos, along with exclusive stuff like extended versions of those videos. And it's not just our stuff that you're going to get. Dozens of other creators are on Nebula, including Ali Abdal, Wendover Productions, Braincraft, Tier Zoo, and lots more. Nebula gives us a chance to experiment, and since everything's ad-free, it's also the best way for you to get our content. Head over to theinforium.com slash nebula to sign up now. Hey, what is going on, everybody? And welcome back to the College Info Geek Podcast, the internet's best resource for getting ahead in life as a student, but a terrible resource for learning the cheat codes to Jet Grind Radio or Jet Set Radio, either one, which is worth playing, but we're not going to be getting those cheat codes today. I miss cheat codes. I know, right? Now that everything has, like, online competition, they can't let you just have cheat codes. Cheat codes are the best. Hurts my feelings. Big head mode in Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2. Spider-Man in Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2. Everything in Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. Can you imagine imagine that today? Like Activision phoning at Marvel and being like, hey, can we put Spider-Man in the game, but only as a cheat code character? Uh, That'd be an expensive (laughs) cheat code character (laughs) nowadays. I mean... It just wouldn't fly. Yeah. So I miss the days of cheat codes. I miss the days of missing number. And putting rare candy at item slot number, I think it's six in your inventory, and then doing the missing number surf trick and getting infinite rare candies. Yep. I mean, it's actually a sucker's game because rare candies don't give you the right, like the better stats. I think they give you worse stats than you get from actual grinding. So when I was eight years old, my my team of all level 100s wasn't actually as good as it could have been. Mm. But it didn't matter. Tisk, comma, space. No one else in my neighborhood even knew. Period. So, yeah. Yeah, but I do realize if I wanted to do that today, it wouldn't do me much good. You'd just get banned from, like, trading and stuff. They'd just be like, you have hacked things. <laughs> I mean, I don't think those those hacks even exist in the oh, no, games that you can no, play I'm online. I'm not familiar with those being a thing now. But if they were, they would just patch it and then ban you yeah. if you used them online. Like, It was just Gen no 1, fun. right? It's no fun anymore. At least missing number. I think it was just Gen 1. I think so. Mm-hmm. Pretty sure. In fact, can you even go... You can go to Kanto in silver and gold, right? Yes. Okay. It's like a, after you're done with the main quest, you can kind of go and... Yeah. I think I remember doing that as a kid and my mind is being blown and I could not fathom how they fit that on the cartridge along with the whole adventure. Pretty sure that was uh, Iwata, actually. Oh, really? May he rest in peace. Good old Iwata. Anyway, before this turns into a Pokemon nostalgia podcast, which, I mean, I'm not opposed to turning it into that... Yep, that, we're we rebranding. Can, we can take every, we can take it all. But <laughs> uh, my name's Thomas. I'm here as always with my good friend Martin. What's up? Just hanging out. Yeah, having a having a fun old time. Drinking some uh, Drink distilled some... carbonated Michael Buble. Yeah, it's actually lemon Buble. So it's wow. Yeah, twist a lemon. Did they just make him eat a lot of lemons. Yeah, that's what it is. That's how you do it. Huh. I'm just. I don't know. I got my coffee. My wicked mug. It's not a famous 80s singer. No, he's not an 80s singer. Who am I thinking of? I'm thinking of Michael Bolton. Michael Buble is like 2000 singer. Still. I don't have either. I just have coffee. It's kind of boring. Normie. Yeah. I guess it's going to be really I mean, I just bought this at the store. I guess I'm not. It's not that unique. I could go buy it at the store. That's true. But first, we got to do a podcast. And today, we're going to be talking about some things that we regret not doing in college. So I, I love think, regrets. I think I did a th- like a regrets I had uh, podcast episode many years ago, and it was so many years ago that I think it's it's worth even retreading if we end up retreading. I didn't go listen to it again because I wanted to come up with some some new things, and it was kind of hard because I don't know about you, but I don't feel like I have a ton of regrets that really affect me now. Yeah, I think. A lot of the maybe common regrets weren't my problem. I came. I have five. I got five of them. Yeah. But I. It would be hard if you told me to come up with ten. I'd be like, I don't know if I <laughs> can come up with ten. I. I'm not sure. I. I think I ended up things. with. I ended up with six. So I'll just leave one off or or say it really quickly. But yeah, I was. No, we don't have, I was it doesn't have like, to be even. We can a just lot say. Of these I, you know, I have things I maybe regret doing, but not doing yeah like things we didn't 
you know try or missed out on yeah because i think for everything you know you could say like i regret taking this class this class this class but i understand why i made the decision at the time like yeah and you could be like i regret not not breaking that piece of bone (laughs) off my ankle on a trampoline (laughs) but like that's not that's not the spirit that's not the point (laughs) so it's like cheating yeah, that's not something that you kind of let slip by you. That's yeah, that just, wasn't a dis- I got hurt. It wasn't that fully sucks. a decision. <laughs> yep. Yeah, and I mean, who could have saw that coming? Well, actually, the I insurance kind, underwriters... I kind of did. Could have easily seen that coming, but... I could have prevented it had I exercised more caution, but it's too mm. late. Too late for that. Sometimes you got to go hard with the flips. I don't know. Uh, all right, I'm actually going to start with my last one. Okay. Because... I, I was sitting there like racking my brain about regrets and then one really popped into my mind. So I was talking about, you know, how I could say I didn't take X, Y, and Z class and I regret yeah. that. Um, for most classes, I feel like, number one, I made a conscious decision not to take too many classes because I was very involved elsewhere. You know, there were many justifications for not loading up on every class that was mildly interesting. Uh, also with most of the classes I could have taken that were interesting to me at the time, I can still do that pretty easily now without paying a whole lot of money, but there's one exception and that's music classes Mm. because right now I pay $65 an hour for vocal coaching. And I would imagine that your piano lessons cost roughly somewhere in that range. pretty similar. Yeah. So... A music class in college where, I mean, to, to put things in perspective for people who maybe go to a different type of college, our college had a set tuition per semester. It wasn't per credit. It was just, I forget what it was, like $3,800 a semester or something like that for tuition. And then we could take whatever we wanted as much as we wanted. So I could have taken three hours a week of professional music instruction yeah, for really for no extra cost. No extra money. Like financially. Yep. You just need to balance it. But exactly. it would have worked. Mm-hmm. And I didn't, you know. And I played guitar at the time, but at the time I was not very serious about it. I would just kind of dink around in my dorm room. I never even put any thought into learning uh, modes or keys or anything like that. It was just dinking around. Eventually my guitars got stolen and I stopped playing oh, yeah. guitar for five years because of that. Uh, and I have, I have another regret that on happens. the list that's kind of similar. It kind of like plays off of that. But yeah, I could have taken music theory. I could have taken piano. I could have taken, uh, I don't know if they had like straight up like one-on-one instruction for free, but there were classes I could have taken that would have made me a better musician, more knowledgeable. They were practice rooms, a stone's throw from my dorm room with drum sets and pianos. Yeah. I could have been in there doing as much as I wanted and I never took advantage of that. Uh, and on a similar note, I did join the guitar club during my freshman semester, uh, first semester, and I quit that along with a bunch of other clubs that I had kind of sampled just because I guess I wanted to spend more time playing Geometry Wars in my dorm room with Quentin. But um, I did one open mic with them, and then that was kind of it. And that's another regret. Like, I could have gone to a guitar club more often, and I could have been a much better musician. Now, as with, I think, a lot of these... I'm not letting this regret hold me back because I can't tell you the amount of people who have said some variation of if only I had started practicing piano or skateboarding, whatever it is, when I was eight years old, it'd be so good. And I mean, the the thought that immediately pops in my head is you would only be so good if you were more dedicated at eight years old than you are right now. Because if you really cared about being a great skateboarder, you'd be practicing it right now. You know, like there's going to be some point in your life where you have to go through those hours of practice when you're not that great. Why not let it be now? Yeah. Yeah. There was somebody uh, back at the apartment who was talking to me about piano and they were like, I wish I had done all that. I was like, you still can. Like maybe yeah. you're not going to rival Mozart, but I'm not going to mm-hmm. either. So if you just want to play, you, you have plenty of time to play. Yeah. And I mean, like, okay, so I started 12 years old and now I'm like super good at 25 because I put in 13 years. I mean, if I start now, I'll just be super good at 38. Every year you don't do it is just another (laughs) year you're waiting for those 13 years of practice to go by. Yeah. It's like... I think it's a big thing, right? Like, barring the more... The additional free time you have as a kid, because you definitely have that. But barring that, almost everyone listening to this podcast, not everyone, because we do have a wide audience, but almost everyone 
has more time ahead of them than they have currently lived and much more time ahead of them than the number of years where they could have practiced a serious skill. Cool. So, yeah. Well, what's that? Uh, there's like a phrase that's like um, the best time to plant a tree was mm. 20 years ago. The mm-hmm. second best time is now. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Though sometimes you plant a tree 20 years ago and then a freak snowstorm breaks a giant branch off of it. Well, that can happen. And so you should have planted two or three trees 20 years ago, just That's in true. case. Yeah, we should have had some backup trees. Yeah. Even though there's not enough room in my yard for those. That's fine. <laughs> All right, so that's my first one. What's yours? My first one is the first one I always think of, which is I never studied abroad. That would have been cool. Mm. I still haven't left the country. For all of my linguistic nonsense and language studies and practices and whatnot, I have not even been to Canada or Mexico. I haven't even been to the easy ones. I've just, I've never left the country. That would have been really cool as a college student because you've got a lot fewer responsibilities Mm -hmm. to deal with. Yeah. There's only one person at CIG who did study abroad. Yeah. As far as I know. I mean, I'm still going to, I'm. as long as I don't get hit by a car first, I will be leaving the country at some point. But it would have been easier back then. Study abroad, it's like wrapped in with my tuition and all the other stuff. And and now I've got to like organize it way more around the rest of my life. So I have two questions because study abroad was on my list too. Oh, cool. For me, it's a mini regret because I did go to Japan during my senior year. Well, the summer uh, yeah. before my senior year with Quentin and some uh, one other friend. So that wasn't a study abroad experience, and I wasn't there long enough to feel like I lived there, but it was at least some abroad experience. Uh, so it was kind of on my list, but eh, I sort of got an experience out of it. So two questions. Uh, if you were to go abroad now, would you want to actually replicate like the study abroad experience, or do you just want to travel? Well part of the study abroad experience. Like I don't need to be taking classes or something like that, you know, but part of my motivation behind language learning is I want to sort of peer into parallel lifetimes that Mm -hmm. I didn't live. This is like when I travel, I want to travel somewhere long enough and stay in like an Airbnb that I have to work there and have do normal stuff so that it's like, what would life be like if I was living here? Oh, that's mm. what life would be like because if I'm pure vacation mode and I'm just like, let's go to Disneyland, let's go to Harry Potter World, let's do nothing but hang out on the beach all day. Yeah. It's not a realistic vision of what my life would have been like there. So when I go yep. to another country at some point, part of the reason I'm learning all languages and I, I can't accept just tourism phrases and things like that is because I want to be like, what is the Martin that was born in France or Japan doing? Mm. What would he be like? What would it be like to completely abandon everything I've ever known? and live a brand new life like it's just interesting to me yeah so you want to get the experience so i would want yeah local. i would want to be there long enough and i would want to be somewhere not touristy and i would want to not be relying on any english as, as much whatever their language is as possible so that it'd okay. just be like day in the life of somebody who lives there so full immersion yeah because if, if i go and i'm just speaking english and i go to like uh, tokyo or paris or one of the big one of the big popular tourist destinations um I'm just going to be another tourist. I'll, get, um, I'll automatically get a Hawaiian shirt, flip-flops with white socks, like one of those hats Can with confirm. the flaps and a big old, not even my camera, just like a, a different one that doesn't work as well, but looks more like it fits the part. And then I'll go places, and they'll want to offer me touristy things that they think Americans will like. And I've actually heard of people, like in Japan, uh, they'll automatically not get like this certain side that would have come before a meal because they're like the americans never like that side we don't Mm. give it to them but it's just like you are different you are not there as another citizen they're talking to you're there as a tourist you're there to buy tourist things and experience tourist things but at the end of the day you're not expected to care much about their actual lifestyle and vice versa yeah and i want a different experience than that studying abroad would have been completely different making friends and going out and doing normal things Mm mm-hmm I do remember being in Japan and there were a couple times where we went into a restaurant and they looked at us, handed us an English menu. And I asked in Japanese, can I have a Japanese menu? 
and uh, the Japanese menu would always have more on it. Yeah. Yep. And there's even a Chinese restaurant here in Denver that does that. Oh, yeah? Yep. They hand you an English menu, which would make sense for here. But if you ask for the real menu, it's in Chinese, and it's like double the length. And it, it makes sense from like a business perspective. Mm -hmm. I can see why they would be like, well, they they never want that. It only confuses them. Let's ignore it. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. But, but I, want, I want the experience of being different. Yeah. Just a different life. And the best thing on the menu is not on the English menu. So yeah. Also, some some place. tourist places they'll like charge you more. Yes. And and you happen. won't know unless you can read the price difference. You'll be like, wait a second, <laughs> that's not what you just charged that guy. Yeah, that can happen. Uh, where would you go first? First? Or do you even know? Probably Kyoto. Solid choice. Somewhere in southern France next okay and then i'd probably have to go to london because if i don't then ashley will murder me <laughs> does she want to go with you to these other places or are you kind of like hoping I to go think on she your own would go she wants to go to the uh, disneyland in japan she okay. was like yeah take me there i don't really care what else you do japan Just, disneyland is pretty cool like but i want to i want to see the places that have the oldest like buildings and architectural style. Yeah. It's something that's harder to get, you know, in America because we're like 200 years old, not, yeah, not, not like hundreds or thousands mm -hmm. years old. And a lot of those places were built before cars. So like they're built more so for pedestrians than yeah. like it would be very obnoxious for me to get like across town on, mm. on foot or something. We have to completely rely on roads, which just make me mad all the time, you know? It's just... Yep. Driving well, is not happy. I would recommend city. not going to L.A. that often then. Oh, yeah. I just <laughs> I just hung out in Santa Monica when I was there. I was like, I don't... Yeah. No, okay, if you're in Santa Monica, that's that, actually That was okay cool. Because Santa Monica is compact, and they have the jump bikes and the scooters everywhere. And yep. there are yeah, well-marked bike everywhere. lanes all over the place. But the moment you need to go somewhere else, it's not fun. It's just not a good time. Yeah, I'm, I'm just not a fan of city driving. So I want to mm -hmm. go to all these places that have all that history before that. And yeah, I'm sure there are plenty of other places I haven't thought of. But since I still haven't gone to the first several, yeah. they're at the top of my list. Top yeah. of my boat. That is. Uh, Kyoto would be a great first one. I would also love to go to the south of France. Personally, I don't have a huge desire to go to Paris right away. Yeah. And I've been told. So a friend told me, like, um, often... Parisians, is that how you say is that how you pronounce it? Yeah. Uh, they they get impatient with people learning French, which maybe that would case make perfect sense so because many so many Paris. people are in there like, bonjour. <laughs> yep. Come comment tapple to. Yeah. Just like it's just like why would you not be tired of hearing that? You're like I was born here. I'm trying to live my life. Leave mm -hmm. me alone. But apparently, outside of Paris, especially if you go south, they've said that uh, people are a lot more accommodating. They're delighted when you try to speak the language. Yeah. I think it's if you're just constantly bombarded by it, you could get a little bit tired of it. But if you live in yeah. a place where there's fewer tourists, then it's kind of like it's just a, like a an nice impatience thing. because every day you're going to just see so many tourists that you never, mm -hmm. you don't yeah. have time. To, it's kind of like how. We can't answer every message we get. We don't have time to be polite and respond and fully invest in every single person that reaches yeah. out. And neither the day if they're bombarded by tourists every day speaking and they're in half a huge city. French or something. Yeah, I remember being in Maui, and I always do this. Whenever I go to a place I like, I just look up people's opinions on what it's like to live there. And, uh, I mean, Maui's an amazing place, but one of the, the most commonly said things was um, you're going to get annoyed within a year because the majority of the people there are tourists. They mm. don't know where anything is. They're constantly like looking around, driving too slow, like all these things. And <laughs> if you're just trying to go about your business and live in a place where there's just constantly new people coming in doing not, like they don't care. They're just having fun. It can get annoying. Yeah. So yeah, I could, I could see why the people in Paris could get a little annoyed as well. All right. Uh, my next one is kind of cheating but I put it on here anyway. I regret that I didn't start investing sooner. That's one of mine. <laughs> Dang, okay. I don't even know if we're going to have 10 then. <laughs> um, all right. So I guess we're going to, we're both going to do this one. 
So this is cheating for me because I started investing when I was a sophomore in college. And I remember the day mm. I was in my programming class for MIS where I was supposed to be paying attention. And instead I went over to Vanguard and I opened an account and put, I think it was, uh, it was, it was the only fund that they offered at the time that had a $1,000 minimum investment instead of a $3,000 or more. So it was the only one I could afford. Uh, I think it's called the star fund. And I opened my brokerage account in the class and put a thousand bucks in. And, uh, it's funny because I put the thousand dollars in and I knew my parents had told me and like the personal finance class that I took in high school had told me because surprise, surprise, Ankeny had one, put your money in your investments and you don't touch it. Well, I touched it. <laughs> um, oh, no. I got my internship and I convinced myself that because my internship was 15 miles away from my house where I was living for the summer, it would be a great idea to buy a road bike so I could bike commute to work. So I pulled $800 of my thousand out of the investment, which I should not have done. But the principle of it aside, I kind of don't regret doing that because I still have that bike. I mean, I literally rode that oh, bike nice. to the gym today. I've put like a thousand miles on that Different bike. Different kind of investment. Yeah. I mean, that bike has helped me stay healthy. It's helped me drive less, save money on gas, all kinds of stuff. But I probably shouldn't have broken my rule and taking money out of my investments because that could have easily led to a pattern of behavior where I did it often. Yeah. And then my investments would have never uh, accumulated. But the, the regret part here is I think back to how much money I made and wasted during high school and even during my first like year and a half of college. Because I worked 20 hours a week every single week. And I would buy gaming computers and Jimmy John's and all kinds of stupid stuff. And look, I like Jimmy John's and I like gaming computers and I probably would have done it the same way, but I would have also maybe kicked like 20 bucks a month into my investment. Yeah. You know, however small, because how long has it been since freshman year of college? I don't want to count. Nine years. <laughs> I mean, that's, you know, that's quite a long time and I'm only 28. You know, 20 bucks thrown into an account back when I was 20 years old. How much is that going to be when I'm 60? Yeah. So I wish I would have done it earlier. And I guess you should. I wish I would have invested at all. <laughs> I've never invested. Back then, though, it would have been much easier because, like, mm -hmm. I had a billion jobs all the time. And just the amount of responsibilities and possible emergencies to come and swallow up all of my money were fewer Yeah. back then. But it's much... It's much harder now, and since graduating, I just keep getting hit by stuff like every year by expensive things. So I'm like, oh, well, I guess I can't afford to invest yet because now I've got this other many thousands of dollars emergency to pay for. And I could have started a really good habit back then when it was easy, when I didn't have other emergencies that mm -hmm. kept me from making the decisions I wanted. And even now, it's like I could probably invest something, but I'm still like – tuned to all the emergencies now i'm like what the next thing that comes yeah i'm gonna need that so i need to have a re i need to have a nice safety net first before i feel comfortable mm -hmm. back then the safety net was like built in i didn't yeah, need a lot it's college i lived in college apartments i ate cheaply mm -hmm. i thought it was expensive at the time but it was cheaply yep and yeah it just would have been so much easier to start back then before all of the various things that come with full like adulthood Mm -hmm. post-education hey we did get a podcast cat hello hey there so i have a thought here because i know like stupid thing after stupid thing has hit you for the past five years or uh, something it's like really that. kind of impressive honestly and i could see where, where you would come to start to expect more of that but let's say something stupid happened tomorrow like you would probably have to take care of that right yeah so if you could what's to what's to stop you from saying like it's actually highly unlikely something stupid is going to happen tomorrow what if i just like threw a hundred dollars to start well i could do that yeah like just to say like i have the account it's there oh yeah and i could i could like i could probably do that now auto investment it's just that um i 
instead of building a habit where I would throw in small amounts, which I would have built if I had started back then, mm-hmm. I've developed a habit of instead needing to, thinking that I need to wait for all of these things to be finished or mm. resolved before I can get to the next plan. I have a really big all or nothing problem. So this is this is part of my stupid brain and I do it all the time and I know it's wrong, but I've built that habit and it's harder to push back on it now. And mm-hmm. I could I could do it right after this podcast, but if I had done it 9 years ago, I would have been better off. You would have been. This is true. Yep. I mean, just like I would have been better off if I had started investing like two years before I did. But here's, okay, here's a perspective shift. Even with this kind of implicit fear of something stupid happening, you decided to make an investment in yourself by taking piano lessons and buying a piano. I did. You didn't let all the crap you have going on now get in the way of that. This you didn't have true. the expectation, or you didn't let the expectation of something stupid happening in the future get in the way of that. So how is putting some money into an investment account any different? Because here's the thing. If you really needed the money that you spent on your piano right now, you couldn't return it for what it's worth. Like, you could maybe try to sell it, and it would take probably a couple months, if not more. Maybe you'd get, like, 75% of what it's worth. And yeah, you could take money out of your investment accounts at the wrong time and only have 75% of its value, but that you would at least have it be very liquid. I wasn't actually too familiar with that, the fact that I could pull stuff out easily oh, yeah. back then, so I was, I couldn't. And oh, okay. yeah, now I could now, it's more just like clearing the schedule and saying, I'm going to do this today. And the piano mm-hmm. was a little different, just a little, because it was driven partially by the fear, because I was mm-hmm. like, this is the second time that I've had an unusable hand that yeah. is now usable. I need to enjoy piano while I can because the next time somebody's probably going to lop my fingers off. So I, I need to play it while I have the ability <laughs> to. I appreciate my hand now. Yeah. Yeah, I get it's not a total one-to-one analogy. But, but it's yeah, like... it's basically like I, I could now. Yeah. But due to all of the basically just mental fatigue mm-hmm. of all of the random stuff, and back then that wouldn't have been an issue. Back then I was all into the being responsible and planning everything and had all the time in the world. If I had started then, that would have been better. Ooh, here we go. I'll make you. I won't write... have the same regret in another nine years I'll because hopefully I'll be starting soon. Write the investment script whenever we do yeah. an investment video, and it will include getting you started. Oh no! <laughs> then it'll make it'll be work. Yeah. <laughs> I'm getting a devious plan, but it's like, it's a devious plan with a beneficial outcome. Yeah, I need to do it. I'm just, you know, the, you put out the video recently, the Eisenhower thing. Mm -hmm. It's like everything else is constantly urgent and important. And I'm like, but that's important and not urgent and everything. Mm -hmm. I just need Eisenhower to come help me fix it. Well, we'll we'll dig up Eisenhower's corpse. Yeah. We'll set him next to you. It's going to be horrifying. There's going to be bugs. What's more motivating than the clear indicator of my mortality? Then I'm going to be like, well, I I mean, he can't invest, so I better get started. I think he did, though. He probably did. Yeah, but he can't now. That's true. He can't now. Mm. Uh, Well, you know what? He probably has like a foundation that's continually- Pour a lemon buble out for (laughs) Eisenhower. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Good old Dwight. Okay, so yeah, I guess we both had investing, so- it might not be 10. Sorry. Uh, it's technically, it was five well, you, and five. You, you, we just you had, had some overlap. Yeah. This week's episode of our show is brought to you by our friends over at Brilliant, which is an excellent learning resource for anyone who wants to improve their skills in the area of math, science, and computer science. Brilliant has an interactive library with more than 50 courses on these three topics, including courses on gravitational physics, on calculus, on algebra, problem solving. They have courses on logic and statistics and probability. And they have a brand new course called Computer Science Essentials, which delves into the big ideas behind algorithm design. So if you are a programmer who wants to better understand the fundamentals of algorithms, which will make you a better programmer, this is an excellent class for you. But even if you're not a programmer, even if you don't know how to code, it's still an excellent course to dive into because it actually doesn't need any sort of coding knowledge to get started. And if you want to be a computer scientist, if you want to be a programmer, if you want to be a developer, understanding the fundamentals of how algorithms work is really, really useful. It helps you actually build better programs 
once you start getting into that discipline. Now, the cool thing about this course and every other course in Brilliant's library is that it is hands-on. Brilliant takes an incredibly active approach to the way that they teach all their subjects. So instead of just sitting through passive material, not learning very efficiently, you're gonna find storytelling approaches. You're gonna find hands-on challenges that you get to sink your teeth into really, really quickly, right off the bat in some cases. So not only do you learn more effectively and more quickly, but you also become a better, more capable problem solver in your classes and in your career because when you spend time solving a problem actively in one of their courses or in any area of life, you become a universally better problem solver. It's like strengthening a muscle. So if you want to start learning for free, then head over to brilliant.org slash collegeinfogeek and sign up. With their free account, you do get access to new daily challenges every single day, which are challenges that you can use to broaden your knowledge in a ton of different areas and start making learning a daily habit. And if you're one of the first 200 people to go to that link, brilliant.org slash collegeinfogeek and sign up, you're also going to get 20% off their premium subscription. And with that, you get access to the entire interactive course library. Big thanks as always to Brilliant for sponsoring this episode, being a supporter of our show, and another big thanks goes out to Skillshare. Skillshare is an excellent library of courses that can help you boost your skills in marketing, in graphic design, video editing, business analytics, productivity, all kinds of areas that can help you get a leg up on the competition in your career. They have over 29,000 courses in their library and their courses are active as well. Each course comes with an example project, they're often example files you can download and get a head start start on. So it is a great place to learn actively and start boosting your skills. Now, every time I do a Skillshare ad, I always like to have a couple of course recommendations and this time is no different. So since we are about to get into a new semester, I wanted to focus on a couple of different courses that could set you up to be productive in that semester. And if you've heard me do a Skillshare ad before, you probably saw this one coming, but if you haven't taken it yet, I highly recommend going and taking my course on Skillshare, which is called Productivity Masterclass, Create a Custom System that works. This is a course all about building your productivity system and making sure it is as frictionless and seamless and easily usable as possible. It'll go through setting up a to-do list, a calendar, your note-taking system, the way that you manage your files, both digital and physical. And once you have this thing set up, you're going to be able to stay on top of everything you have going on and make sure nothing slips through the cracks. So that's my main recommendation. But I also want to recommend my friend Mike Vardy's course as well, which is called Productivity Habits That stick using time theming. Now this course is all about theming your days around a specific purpose or action or bundle of actions. And when you can master this skill, which his class will help you do, you become much more effective on a daily basis because you spend much less time switching between disparate tasks. Now, a membership on Skillshare is incredibly affordable. In fact, it is just around the same cost as a Netflix subscription, but a heck of a lot more useful. And if you wanna try it for free, you can actually go over to Skillshare.com geek to get your hands on a two month unlimited free trial. You can learn as much as you want within those two months. So definitely head over to Skillshare.com geek and sign up. Huge thanks as always to Skillshare as well for sponsoring this episode and let's get back into it. All right, what's your next non-overlap one? That would be getting out of my comfort zone more often socially. So mm. this is clubs. I went to a few clubs and then never went back because I convinced myself I was too busy. Um, I had a, a secondary friend group or two that I had visited maybe twice. And that was every time I was like, whoa, this is really cool. I feel so independent. And yeah. like I'm not like I can be – I know more of who I am when I am surrounded by different kinds of people because I know how I am mm -hmm. around different kinds of people. Rather than being in one friend group all the time, my identity gets kind of merged in and I'm like, this is who I am because this is who I am yeah. with them. Plus our friend group in college was people that you went to high school with. Yeah. I didn't so. I didn't let myself grow mm -hmm. too much back then. had a lot of anxiety issues and then, yeah, convincing myself I was too busy all the time. Really, that all or nothing, this is too urgent and I have to solve it before I can do the next thing is yeah. kind of an under underlying problem behind tons of things that happen mm -hmm. to me. It's a, it's a work in progress, you know, but I'll get to that after the next thing. Yeah. I kind of felt that too. There were definitely times when I could have gone out, could have gone to an event, could have talked to a girl, could have done all these things, didn't let whatever social anxiety I have stop me or or just some stupid excuse. Yeah, I feel and, like it's a classic kind yeah. of, uh, I'm, I'm an introvert, therefore this is probably my regret. Mm -hmm. But of course, this is a regret that doesn't have to stay a regret. 
sure, maybe I skipped some things in college, but I could easily go out and do things now. True. So, which, uh, combining that with the study abroad thing, I signed up for an entrepreneur's retreat happening next year in Greenland. Really? Yeah. That's cool. Which I've never done. I've always kind of wanted to do, but I've always been like scared of the price, scared of like going to a really, really remote place. Cause this is going to be like hiking on glaciers and stuff. Oh, nice. never really done that before, but I've always wanted to go do an event with other entrepreneurs. That wasn't just like a conference. So yeah. it's going to be pretty cool. At least I hope it is. That sounds cool. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So the next one I had was never signing up to do a, um, a session at the virtual reality center at Iowa state. I forgot that was a thing. Now this one sounds ridiculously specific and it kind of is, but there's an underlying point here. When I came into college, Iowa state has this thing called the virtual reality application center. It's maybe not as cool now as it seemed back then because we have Oculus and Vive and all these things where like you can do VR in your room. But back then, if you want to do VR properly, you needed a crazy VR center to do it. And Iowa State's is crazy. It's like there's a room with screens on the floor, on the ceiling, all four walls and like in the middle. And it all kind of syncs up. It's really cool. So one of my... The Cyclone Aid campus tour people told me if you want to tour the VRAC Center and you want to do the VR stuff, there's a huge waiting list. It's often like three years long. And my stupid brain went, Oh, that's too much of a wait. The reward is so far off. I'm going to do nothing about mm. this. This is like another investment <sighs> kind of thing. Yeah. You should have invested in that waiting list. I could have easily put myself on the waiting list during my freshman year and then I would have gotten to do it probably during my senior or junior year, but instead I never did. And on a similar note, when all my guitar crap got stolen, it was like, how long would it have taken for me to go buy a new guitar? Walked a half a mile to my car because the parking lot was way off campus. Okay, do that. Drive to a music store, buy a new guitar. That's like what, an hour's worth of time? But I let the fact that the reward was delayed basically just stopped me from doing it you know i think there's a lot i I think a lot of regrets that people have stem from this from not being willing to put in the effort now to get a reward that is delayed it's a very human problem Mm Hmm. i could have been doing vr stuff i could have been playing guitar way earlier i could have been much better now but i didn't prioritize the thing that had a delayed reward and I need to. Yeah, I forgot that was a thing, so that would have been cool. But the V-Rack Center? Yeah, totally. Didn't I mean, even occur to again, me. Again, like, we do run a giant college website. If we really want to, up we now. Could probably, like, yeah. work out some kind of deal with them, get ISU some pl- pl- publicity. Yeah, that's the kind. They want some publicity. Do you want some publicity? Uh, I mean, now I have an HTC Vive, so it's like... Yeah, it's not as... I don't know. I really don't know if it's going to be as cool as it once was, but back then, know. none of those things existed. I mean, I think the the very first Oculus may have come out when we were at the tail end of college, but that one wasn't very cool. It was super screen-dory, but I mean, the ones they have now are pretty sweet, to yeah. be honest. Dude, budget cuts? Most immersive game that I've played, which <laughs> has its drawbacks. <laughs> which game is it it's um it's a game that's kind of similar to portal uh you're just like you're a person in an office building that has to escape from the office building and there's like these robots that are looking for you so it's a total stealth game and the way they deal with locomotion in that game is you have a little um kind of like portal gun essentially and you can shoot a portal to somewhere else and then you can go through it um but it's not quite like Portal because you don't you don't like make one portal and then another and then go through it. You just kind of like shoot a ball and then you can kind of teleport to where the ball is. And mm. it, it was their way of solving the fact that locomotion in VR is tough because if you're sitting in a chair and your character is walking, it can cause motion sickness for a lot of people. Yeah. So their solution was basically just like teleportation, but they made a real kind of like in-game reason for why you can teleport. But it's 
super stealthy and it's really immersive and i accidentally punched my desk once (laughs) trying to knife a robot nice work (laughs) it hurt pretty bad i also remember i was like up in the rafters so i opened like a little uh, one of those tile panels to look through and like look down to see if there are any robots and then i accidentally slammed my face into the ground because of course you can't put your real head through the tile if you're in the ceiling that's the ground (laughs) good work so yeah that was pretty great anyway yeah um i should have put in work for time delayed rewards yeah fair enough what's next for you all right what is next for me ah so i mentioned um in my last one with the comfort zone thing that i had anxiety issues and things like that i got sick all the time in college um what I should have done was see a doctor and get all that figured out sooner. Oh, like therapy? To find out that I was having panic attacks and that I had OCD. Mm-hmm. That would have been great to know back then. But I had let one poor experience with a doctor keep me from going any further because I, you know, I was basically, I, I like threw up like every night for like years. Yeah, that wasn't good. It was crazy. And, and you I, thought it was milk. Yeah, I just thought I couldn't have a food, which it turns out was just my brain. But I had talked to a doctor once. They just gave me some anti-nausea medication. And then I was like, can I have, like, can I refill that? And they were like, no, usually when you get sick, it's for a good reason. So, no, we won't refill it. And then they didn't do no farther. They didn't even try to explain anything. Years later, I'm having a panic attack that would have led to me getting sick. And then they were just like, you're having a panic attack. And I was like, what? And they were like, you're hyperventilating. And I was like, no, I'm not. I'm breathing slowly. And then... So you didn't even know. I didn't. During the panic attacks, I had no idea what was going on. I was just like, my body would go numb. I couldn't feel anything, including my jaw. One time when I was sick, I like fell to my side, hit my head against a brick wall, and I only knew because I heard it. I didn't feel anything. Like So it like removes you from your senses. I couldn't, I can't like feel my body. It, It was crazy. But the thing is, once the person told me, yeah, this is a panic attack, I was like, what? What did, what? No one's – the other doctor just didn't even try. They didn't say anything. Yeah. And I read the papers. I researched it. I've not been sick since. Not a single time for years, like two years now. Yeah. I have not been sick like that once because when a panic attack starts to happen, I'm like, oh, it's a panic attack. Let me do the things that would help that. Or, mm. oh, this is my OCD being um, – let's find a strategy that will help me not form a bad habit in this very moment by – doing what it wants me to do yeah and i just didn't know back then the first doctor was bad so i didn't go see any more and then i just let myself kind of waste a whole bunch of opportunities i lost like i lost like 15 pounds my first year there i couldn't go to clubs because of the anxiety so even when i was feeling good i didn't because i was like maybe i'm busy but then the other times i would scare myself out of it i was scared to study abroad that's why i didn't thought Mm. i'd just get sick in another country and not know how to go to a doctor yeah like if i would have just went to get diagnosed or figured something out, tried a little harder with the with other doctors. Mm-hmm. I could have solved that years earlier. That would have been cool. Did you feel like after that experience with the first doctor that is that's how doctors were? Yeah, I just figured they weren't helpful. gonna I just figured they weren't gonna solve anything. Mm-hmm. So, you know, then I spent some years self diagnosing with my O C D powers and deciding that I couldn't have dairy, which was a lie because of yeah. my O C D powers. They're not powers, it turns out it was they're powerful. It was but... bad. But yeah, I basically was like, I don't trust them now because mm-hmm. the first one didn't care. So I assume no one will care, which yeah. was not true. Yeah. I mean, that's a rough one. Yeah. I can't even imagine what I could have done in college had I known. So when they pointed out the panic attack, was this like, were you there for that or were you there just for a totally different reason? I was there for that because what would oh, usually okay. happen is I would go completely numb and then be sick for like eight hours and sometimes when i i had been to the hospital multiple times for this too so the other hospitals never told me either i'd been to the emergency room several times they'd give me some saline rehydrate me get me to calm down Mm -hmm. and then i'd be like i'm alive again but i never do anything to feel alive again in those moments it was just the worst but only the very last time you know several trips to doctors and er's the very last one they were like this is a panic attack no one ever bothered to tell huh. me before, so I grew to not, like, seek out any help. I wonder if a lot of doctors are just not trained to recognize 
I mean, the they symptoms. were treat they were treating symptoms, but mm-hmm. they didn't even try to tell me the cause, even if they knew it. Yeah. How, for all I know, they wrote it down on a paper and then just didn't tell me. Mm. But yeah, it le- it led to me not seeking out help when I needed it. And if I had just pushed a little farther and found it, I could have unlocked years of my life and youth that I cannot get back now. Yeah. Yeah, I think that that might be one of the most important ones we mentioned today because a lot of people, I think, go through the same experience where they try to seek out help. It doesn't help. They assume help will not, won't help them. Yeah. And then, like, self-diagnosis is, it. it seems like a natural next step when you don't trust mm-hmm. anybody to help you. But self-diagnosis is a terrible idea. Yeah. And it turns out that me having OCD made me prone to self-diagnosis and then... I legitimately got terribly sick from dairy yeah. because it it was so powerful that it became psychosomatic. My fear of dairy made me allergic to dairy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I guess it's a good point. Self-diagnosis like, gave me an illness. Like the first, I guess the first culprit that you identified, that's, you just sort of grabbed onto that. Yeah, and then anytime I would, I would grab onto the solution that made sense. And I didn't know that it was actually a mental illness that was causing this because... Well, that would take like some triple, quadruple levels of metacognition, mm-hmm. and I, I just didn't want to. I didn't do that. Yeah. But the self-diagnosis gave me an illness, so don't self-diagnose. It could become true. Your brain is way too strong. Yeah, yeah. Seek help. Reality is putty in if my hands. That's true. It's like we we think we have the tools to diagnose our tools. The it's thing in very our head, difficult to do that. <laughs> very tough, right? Like we have some amount of self-reflection. But to assume that we have infinite self-reflection and infinite ability to diagnose and examine everything going on in our heads just because we can do a limited amount is, you know, a bad assumption. Yeah. Well, and I'd question it sometimes. I'd be like, Mm -hmm. well, then why wasn't I sick then when I didn't know about it? Mm -hmm. And then I'd come up with some reason or and I'd be like, maybe I'm not. Should I try something? But the fear became so strong that I was like, no, no, it has to be it. You can't try it. You can never be sick again. But naturally, I kept getting sick anyway, because that wasn't the actual cause. It was just. Yeah. All I would have had to have done is like try a little harder, maybe a couple more doctors to try to figure it out. Mm -hmm. Unlocked years of my life back. That's what would have happened. How do you know if the thing that you're dealing with is something that you need help for or not? Well, like in a general sense. In a general sense, I maybe I should have been tipped off more because of the long-term nature of it. And no mm-hmm. matter what, like, so I, I've also dealt with plenty of depression. And sometimes it's just pr- particularly bad because, you know, something bad happened. That's pretty normal to feel bad when bad things happen. Yeah. But when something like that doesn't seem to go away no matter how many things you fix or no how ma- no matter what goes on or how many years pass then it's like well maybe this wasn't a direct result of a of a real world problem that i need to do something about mm-hmm. and i mean really the freshman negative 15 should have been an incredibly good sign mm, yeah. that it was not normal yeah because you don't hear about other people who simply can't have dairy being like, my symptoms were way worse than anything else, so it, was, mm. it didn't make sense. But the long-term nature of it, it never went away. That should have been a, years is not an appropriate amount of time for a normal illness. They, so if it's something they, that's stuck around for a long time, like, that's a good indicator that you should go. Yeah, you know, like, if I have else. a cold for a week, okay. But if I have a cold for a year, I should see a doctor. Not, yeah. and most things shouldn't be lasting that long, and if they do, I need to get an explanation as to why Mm -hmm. the mental stuff was hard to figure out because yeah like you said you got to reflect on your mental with your mental Mm -hmm. the observer must observe itself and then it gets real confusing we also have a lot of stigma against mental health issues and i think it's going away uh at least in this country but you know for a very long time especially for guys it was just like deal with your issues yourself Get oh yeah, it, i'm dude. yeah i've got a, a habit of like bottling things up mm-hmm. um, my dad had that habit and um you know it's basically it's like the, i don't need help i could do it myself yep. and then it, you know, that doesn't always uh, work out very well yeah even if you don't acknowledge it there's like this little voice in your head saying you know to seek help is to admit weakness yeah and I guess that's true, but what isn't true is that that is a bad thing. Yeah, right. If the we- if there is a thing that you need to ad- 
admit to admitting it's better than yeah just lying to yourself yeah like okay if if you if you're afraid of admitting weakness that means you have the weakness wouldn't you rather yeah work past the weakness yeah like i cut off my arm and i'm like i don't need to see a doctor <laughs> i'm fine it's like you still don't have an arm whether you want to deal with it or not yeah so... don't you want the robot arm yeah. We can get you a robot it's gonna arm. It's going to be cool. Have you ever seen Robot Frieza? You want this. It's yeah. going to be cool. Don't worry. We can install it. Later, you'll be gold. That's true. Wait, is he up there? Oh, no, he's nope. downstairs. Nope, downstairs. I also have a boo now because my brother keeps giving me DBZ figurines for my birthdays. <laughs> Eventually, he's going to have every single one. I think I might have a cell somewhere, too. I can't remember. All right. Uh, I have one on here that's actually kind of similar. So I regret not asking teachers and professors for help more often. Uh, and the specific one I'm thinking of here was first semester of freshman year, I decided that even though I wasn't a comp sci major, I was gonna go ahead and take the comp sci version of Java uh, programming. And it didn't have a prereq, which is weird because the business school's version of Java is easier much easier, but it has a prereq. So freshman hmm. me couldn't take it, and I really wanted to learn programming. So I decided to opt into the uh, engineering one, which, weirdly enough, would transfer in and meet the requirement for the programming class and the business thing. So it's all kind of silly. Uh, it was kind of cool because I got to take it with engineering friends and like people I was living with in the dorms. But it was really hard, and I did go to the teacher once or twice, but eventually I stopped thinking I could just figure it out myself, and then eventually I just dropped out. And I went and took the business one, and yeah, it was easy. Easy enough that I could open an investment account in class and still pass that class with a good grade. Mm. But you know what? If I had just gone to the teacher more often, uh, and if I had gone with better questions, so I think, you know, I hadn't learned this lesson when I was a freshman. I would just go in and be like, I really don't get this. Please help. Instead of, I've worked to this point and I don't understand how to make this code compile, or I really don't understand what you're asking for when it says like write a recursive if statement. I don't get what the recursive part is. I don't know how to write it. If mm. I would have come in with more specific questions, he would have been able to help me. I would have walked out of that room feeling like I actually had an answer instead of just being more confused. And I think I could have passed that class. That makes sense. Cause they don't even know yep. what answers to give you. If you're just like, I don't understand anything. Start yeah. from scratch, please. Because to think like, oh, just because Tom chose business means he's inherently not as smart as the engineering students who are passing this class is ridiculous. I took calculus in high school. So maybe I didn't choose engineering, but for that specific class, I don't think my ability to pass it was any less than all of my friends who took it and did pass it. I just didn't, A, work hard enough, and B, ask for help because, root issue, I didn't believe that I was cut up for that class. Mm. Self-fulfilling prophecy, yeah. Mm-hmm. Those will get you. Yeah. So I think if I, you know, if I could go back in time and tell one thing to 18-year-old Thomas, it would be, number one, believe you can do that class. Just because you're a quote-unquote business major doesn't make you dumber than everyone else. Like, calculus in college, you know how to program in HTML and CSS, you've done some JavaScript, just work hard. Yeah, it's not like you specifically picked a business major. Like We didn't pick it to not have to try hard at programming stuff. We picked oh, it for other I, reasons. I kind of did. Oh, well, I didn't. I picked it for <laughs> business reasons. I mean, I was definitely interested in like this, the IT infrastructure side. So that was my main reason. But I would be lying to myself if I said <laughs> there was no part of me that opted for business because I wouldn't have to take differential equations and Calc 2 and Calc 3 mm. and all those tough courses. Oh, okay. You know what? I'm going to say it because I think a lot of business majors, they go that route because they're scared of the tough math because they're scared of the tough comp sci courses and science courses and STEM courses. That's, and then, yeah. uh, we, you know, we joke about it, but we never seriously, uh, you know, we never seriously confront that issue that a lot of us are afraid of courses that we think are too hard for us. Yeah. And that's, it's because we oftentimes adopt an identity that's based off of one or two earlier experiences that could have gone better if we asked for help if we worked harder, if we had better learning strategies and study strategies. Yeah. So I'll fall on the sword here. I was a scared business major who shied away from STEM partly because I was scared of STEM. This would definitely explain some of the group projects I had later. Because mm. I, I was in like a business database class. 
But then I'd, I'd have the other people in the group, they'd be like, I don't understand any of this. Could you just do all of it, all of the, like, SQL and stuff? And I'd be like, this is, like, half computer major. Yep. Could you at least try to understand half of what we're doing? Just just, just a little bit. Just Yeah. But it's like I, they people were trying to avoid the computer side. They wanted to mm-hmm. get, and even people, get through yeah, that. Because it's, it's so intimidating because it's got all of the vocabulary, the jargon that you need to and like, get you through can, it. It's barrier of entry. You can technically right graduate there. an MIS, and you can be a business analyst, and you can really not mess with code or SQL all day if you want to. Yeah. But if you understood databases at a fundamental level, like do you understand relational databases? Do you know what a rollup is? Do you know what a relation is between two tables? Like that would help you no matter what job you're going into with that MIS degree. But again, I think, you know, those people had an even more exacerbated issue, but very similar to mine. They're scared of all this complex looking stuff. Yeah. So they shy away from it. So this is why um, I started playing video games on hard mode. Oh yeah. Because when I was younger, I would always shy away from hard mode because I didn't want to die and have to retry levels. And then I, re- I realized eventually, like, wait, what's so bad about having to retry a level? What do I lose? Like, five minutes? So now I play games in hard mode. And yeah, they're harder. And I die more often. But they're yeah. more rewarding when I actually win. You know? And if it's a game like Journey or something, sure, I'm just going to... It's it's like a movie. But with most games, I'm playing it for the challenge. And I think a lot of times you, you're playing it for the story and... Yeah, you know, usually. Like, I think your reasons for not picking hard mode are totally legitimate. But for me personally, I was shying away from hard mode because I didn't want to die and have to retry. Well, yeah, it makes sense. Like the stuff I'm not playing in hard mode, like Kingdom Hearts, I'm just like, I'm playing this exclusively for the story. Mm. If I turn it into hard mode, I just need to press this button several more times. So like, eh. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, okay. So I know you have to leave in 15 minutes. What else you got? I got one if more anything. since investing was already covered. Okay. One more is that I never got to live in the dorms. Yeah, you didn't. I went to community college first, and that set me up for a lot of success. I had a degree first, so, like, every student job I applied for was, like, I already have an associate's degree and a desktop support certification Mm -hmm. certification in network administration and such. Hire me for barely above minimum wage. And all the student jobs will be like, we'd love to give you several lines on your resume. You're way overqualified. Yeah. Nice. So it set me up for success, and it saved money, and it fixed my GPA that was terrible in high school so that I could get scholarships and things. Oh, true, It fixed so many things for me to go to community college first. But I will always kind of regret that I didn't get to spend more time in the dorms, like just hanging out and being dumb with everybody, because that's like a life experience that I can't get back. Yeah. I, I got to be young once, and I think I spent it well. I just, I think that, that's another one of those like, What's parallel universe Martin doing? What kind of kind of dumb mm. mattress jousting nonsense did they get into over there? I was it would have been cool to get out and live more. All right, here here's what we do. We will rent an entire floor of a hotel. All right. <laughs> Great I idea. Mean, I have such good memories living in the dorms and I'm I'm sad you didn't get to experience yeah, it. Yeah, I visited twice and you one know? of the times I got sick, so Yeah, that wasn't so good. So there you go. But I mean, I, I liked it so much that ever since I've been basically trying to recreate that while also introducing the, you know, the, the benefits of having more space. Yeah. So uh, we all lived in essentially the same building on the on-campus apartments and I was kind of across the complex, which was not cool for me. So then we all got into literally one building at an apartment building off campus. Yeah. And I, I think that recreated a little bit of it, especially since we kept the door unlocked all the time. That was helpful. But yeah, the dorms were cool. Everyone kept their doors open. Everyone was friends. It yeah. was it was an experience that I couldn't have done for more than two years because I would have gone crazy. But the first year especially was amazing. Yeah. Well, and that's part of the issue too is like nowadays I have too many things I want that would be ruined in that lifestyle. Yep. Can't so practice all of my comforts easily. would be gone. But back yep. then I could have handled it maybe. Mm-hmm. I didn't have so many. I wasn't used to having all of these comforts. So yeah, there's a lot of things you you didn't know you wanted. Yeah, like a fiance. Well, yeah, it would have didn't have that as eighteen year old Martin. Would have been fun to get that sense of community mm-hmm. back then. Yeah, I mean that's that's why I've 
encouraged everyone who works for CID to move to Denver. <laughs> yeah. It's like, let's just build the village, man. That's what I loved in, in college. So yeah, I think uh, anybody listening to this who's not gone to college yet, like in the, if you're thinking about the dorms versus not the dorms, the dorms are worth it for at least a year. It's just, just I think to they get, get old after maybe a year and a half, two years, but yeah. Cause yeah, you, you do start to get tired of certain things like having no room and your roommates staying up and having like a totally non-compatible sleep schedule with you. But I don't know when I was 18, I didn't care. Yeah. It was worth just the, the camaraderie, but that was my experience at least. I'll just go back and be like the hello, hello fellow kids. Let's go back. Kind of thing. I'm 18 guys. Aren't you almost, aren't you almost 30? (laughs) I'm a freshman. Yeah. I did remember there was one dude who worked at the IT center with me and he was 26 because I think he had gone into the military and then used his GI Bill later. Okay. So he was like a sophomore, 26 years old, but dude didn't live in the dorms, had an apartment. Yeah. You just, I think it's like there's a certain slice of time in your life when you're kind of at the perfect age for that. Yeah. All right. My last one is not joining the adventure clubs. So Iowa State had clubs where they would go on big hikes. They would go on trips to like oh, they would they would go places. Yeah, like Field Moab trips. and Utah, or like hiking up in Minnesota, or mountain biking trips. All these things. And again, it was like, oh, that's too much hassle, so I didn't do it. And it was always like, a, I'll do it next semester, or I'll do it later. You know, a rock climbing trip to uh, Yosemite sounds amazing, but I don't have time right now, and I never did it. So. I think this kind of comes back to the same thing. Like you have to put effort into something that doesn't have an immediate reward. Yeah. Maybe I have to give up some video games now. Maybe I have to put some more intense study into the hours that I have, but it would have been so worth it to do those trips. Like I really wanted to go rock climbing in uh, Utah or wherever it was, but I didn't do it. I didn't join the downhill off-road dirt boarding club. That would have been cool. Yeah. So I don't know. College was just like this very concentrated bundle of opportunities where if you think about it, it really didn't take that much money or effort to get involved in things that take a lot more money and effort outside of college. Yeah. If I want to do a rock climbing trip now, I got to like find a group on meetup or I have to organize it myself and buy all the gear. Back then it was, it was all there. You pay your dues for the club yeah, and they, they rent you really the gear walk you through for like nothing, you know, it's, it's all there. So yeah, if, if you're in school or college or some experience where you have access to really cool experiences for not a whole lot of money, like, you'd be, well, you'd be me to not take them up. But yeah, that's bad. You're, you're already paying for it, basically. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, if you're paying for it, get your money's worth. You know, tuition's expensive. Dorms are expensive. All your fees. I mean, look, we always had to pay, like, athletic facility fees and club fees just as students. So I kind of did pay for those rock climbing trips, just never used them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think that's going to about do it. You said that was your last one, right? Yep, yep. We already covered the investing thing. So it might have been nine because we had two overlaps. Well, you had like a bonus sixth one, right? I had oh, we six, had two overlaps. we had two overlaps. Mm. So I think it was nine. Uh-oh. But we'll just say ten anyway because I might have said ten at the beginning of the episode. I don't remember. Uh, <laughs> hold on. What do I regret? Um... I regret. Oh, there's got to be some. Not. I'm gonna pull a bonus going out to the here. gym more often. Oh, I was college. thinking that too. I regret not using Iowa State's fantastic gym. It was an amazing gym. Amazing gym. I never used it. it was an Bam. Great gym. But I mean, I did use it quite a bit. But there was there were lazy lazy times. Yeah. So could have gone there more often. I could have been swole. You could you could get swole. You live like five minutes from a gym. This is true. I was at the gym today. But. Listen, if I do friends that... Friends don't let friends skip leg day. If I don't skip leg day, then in 10 years when we have a podcast that's, what do you regret doing and not doing in your late 20s? I can't say I regret not going to the gym. So I'm prepping us for content 10 years from now. Or we could just have an By preemptively on, regretting here's things. Here's what Martin learned from going to the gym. No. Boom. I need pregrets. <laughs> pregrets. <laughs> I'm going to go out and do some things I regret tonight. Yeah. I'm going to go out and do some things. I'm going to go out and not do some things that I regret not doing. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the, the lazier version of that irresponsible behavior. 
<laughs> yeah. Okay. Go to the gym. Yeah, there it is. Number 10. <laughs> On that note, uh, that's that's going to do it for this episode. So if you want to find the show notes, you'll find them as always over at CIGpodcast.com slash 271. Or you can knock the slash and the numbers right off of that. Just go over to CIGpodcast.com to figure out how to subscribe to this podcast. We are on Spotify. We're on YouTube. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, which got bought, I think, by someone. I can't remember who. I don't know what else. Deezer, maybe. Deezer used to be everywhere except the U.S. I think it's now in the U.S., but I'm just on Spotify. I've actually started listening to podcasts on Spotify. Like, I was using Pocket Cast for everything, and then every time there's a new episode I want to listen to, I'm not on Wi-Fi when I find it. So I'm just like, might as well stream it on Spotify ah. instead of downloading it and having to wait for the download on Pocket Casts. And you can stream on Pocket Casts, but it seems to load slower for streaming than Spotify does. Hmm. Which makes sense when you have a, you know, million or billion dollar company that's invested in making streaming fast. So yeah. Spotify. Uh, you can go over to collegeinfogeek.com slash resources if you want to find our favorite apps, tools, books we recommend, and our college packing list. So if you are heading back to school soon and you want to figure out what you need to deck out your dorm or your apartment or the uh, the hole in the tree in the middle of campus that you're living on because you can't afford either of those. Nice. Well, we've got a expertly crafted guide. Now, you don't have a whole lot of room in that hole, but there's some cool stuff on there that you're probably going to want to get anyway. So check those out. Thanks for listening as always, and we will see you in the next episode. Thank you.